I invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament. We're going to be uh, looking at the words of the prophet Jeremiah today. Chapter 29, verse 1, and then skipping to verse 4 and going through verse 14. Jeremiah 29, 1, and then 4 through 14. Hear these words now. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the King of Israel, the God of Israel rather, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat all that they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are among you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams, because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again into your own land. This is the word of God. For all of us, the people of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful for your timeless word. We are grateful that there are lessons that can be learned, even from words written thousands of years ago. God, we invite you into this place to sit with us and help us, Lord, to learn how we can live this out today live out the lesson that you gave both to the Israelites and ultimately also to us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it was back in 2004 when uh, Tim McGraw released one of his biggest hits to this day called Live Like You Were Dying. And if you're not familiar with the song, it's, it's one written from the perspective of a man whose friend had received a, a, a diagnosis of a terminal disease and it's something that could have in fact killed his friend. And the man in the, in the song asks his friend, um, basically, what did you do when you got this bad news? What was your reaction? How did you, how did you live? And then in the chorus, it's answered, and I'm just going to read this to you. His friend replied, I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. 
And I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness that I'd been denying. And he said, someday I hope that you get the chance to live like you were dying. You know, when, when bad things happen, and it can be the unexpected death of a loved one, it can be a, a diagnosis of a disease that we weren't expecting, it can be some kind of a natural disaster, I mean, what, whatever it might be. One of the, the go-to phrases from people, and maybe you've said or heard this at least, is that, you know, God has a plan. God's plan is being worked out, just... But then we, we kind of act like we, we can't know God's plan. We act like we have to just sit around and pray about it. We have, to, we have to just wait. But with that kind of thinking, I'm going to be honest, I disagree. Because I believe that we don't just have to sit around and wait. We don't have to just sit around and pray about it. Because God has already revealed to us what his, what his plan really is for all of us. Now, this, this is not to say that we shouldn't pray about things. This is not to say we shouldn't pray for guidance, especially when we're making a big decision or, you know, for that matter, even a small decision. It never, never hurts to ask God for some guidance. So I'm definitely not downplaying that at all. But here's the thing is that even in those times that we do pray for guidance, we, we shouldn't just sit around and do nothing waiting for God. In other words, we, we shouldn't just take a chair and sit down somewhere and just say, well, I'm waiting for God. I'm not going to do anything until, until God shows up or shows me some kind of sign or, or something like that. Because that, my friends, is not God's plan. God's plan for us has absolutely nothing to do with just sitting around and doing absolutely nothing. Because regardless of our circumstances, God teaches us that we are to prosper wherever we find ourselves, that we are to continue living life no matter what we find going on in our lives. Maybe you've even heard the expression said like this, to bloom where you're planted. And in the end... God does, in fact, promise deliverance. He promises that all of this is going to be redeemed for his glory. We have those promises throughout Scripture. That no matter what goes on, it all ultimately works out for God's glory. And that even so is so in our trials. When those bad things come along, again, whatever they may be. But the thing about it is, too, is when those trials do come, we, we want those trials to end quickly, don't we? We want the pain to go away. We want the, the, the event to end quickly. If, we, it's a, if it's at a place that we've lost a job, we want a new job to be found immediately. Well, a good friend of mine lost her job, and it took her over a year to find a new one. So sometimes things just don't end very quickly. Sometimes we just have to keep on keeping on. We have to keep on living. We have to keep on pressing on. We have to do everything that we can to prosper. And yes, my friends, we even have to find joy in the midst of our trials. Because the fact is that sometimes these trials, they last a while. 
So God wants us to continue. We don't have to like our circumstances, but we do have to accept them. And what God teaches us here in his word through the prophet Jeremiah is that regardless of those circumstances, we must press on. And we have to try to find joy. Regardless of how bleak things may look, Yes, we can and we do know God's plan. It's right here in Jeremiah 29. The plan is quite simply this. Keep on living. Do what we can with our circumstances and keep on going. That's God's plan. That's God's plan for each and every one of us. And I'm going to tell you, if there was anyone that needed this advice, it was definitely the ancient Israelites to whom Jeremiah wrote this letter. These exiles who were forced out of their land by King Nebuchadnezzar somewhere around 597 B.C., according to scholarship and also according to the historical records. See, these Israelites were, were forced out of their land forced into Babylon, a place that they did not want to be. They were immigrants in this foreign land, and they were there ultimately against their will, forced away from home due to, let's just call it what it is, political terrorism. They were refugees, seeking a new life, at least temporarily, in a land that was foreign to them and where they didn't want to be. Put yourself in their shoes. You're forced from your home. You have with you only what you can carry. And now all of a sudden you've got to start a new life in a new place with new people. And all you want is to go home. Because that's all they wanted. They just wanted to go home. They wanted what God had promised them. They wanted the deliverance that God had promised them. They wanted their exile ended. They they just wanted to go home. So they're stressed out. They're grieving for the loss of their land, of their homes. And they're having to start over. And maybe what's even worse than that is that they had these prophets and they had these, these fortune tellers and soothsayers and whatever else with them. They had their, them among, in, in their midst going, you know, this isn't going to last very long. I give it. You know, God has told me that we're going to be home in, in a week or two. Just, just don't worry about it. This, this, we're going to be fine. Yeah. These prophets and soothsayers and fortune tellers and whatever else were among the people telling them what they wanted to hear and they were also being propped up by the money and wealth of the people to whom they were lying to. These false prophets, kind of like the, the TV preachers we see always asking people for money, you know, telling them what they want to hear and then turning around and saying, by the way, send me $1,000 and God will bless you. These were the same kind of people. The more they change, the more they stay the same, huh? That's another story. So God is telling them plainly, don't listen to them. God tells them plainly, they're lying to you. They're not from me. And God also tells them plainly, 
after he's already told them to make the best of their situation. After God says build houses and have babies and, and, and look forward to having grandchildren and plant crops and even look after the welfare of Babylon because that's only going to increase your welfare as well. It's almost as if God says, by the way, just so you know, you're going to be here for 70 years. Get used to it. You know, 70 years, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to say it anyway. 70 years is a long time. It's roughly a generation and a half. And God is telling the Israelites, this is where you're going to be for the next generation and a half. Now, unless it was someone like Riley, who's just come into the world, the people that are hearing this don't have 70 years left. They don't have 70 years left to see their homeland. So basically what God has just told the ancient Israelites, basically, is you need to make the best of this because most of you are never going to see your home again. That's some heavy news to take. Can you imagine if, if you were in their situation for, for some, some reason, God forbid, that you were forced to leave the United States and go to another country, we'll say Mexico, and you have to go down there to seek refuge. And what you've been told by some people is that well, you're not going to be there very long. Everything's going to be okay. And then God comes to you and says, I'm sorry they lied to you. You're going to be in this state of grief for the next 70 years. And then God says, not only that, he, or actually he's already said, make the best of this. Build your houses, plant your crops, have your children, look forward to grandchildren. Prosper, find joy. Because you're going to be here a while. See, God has told them to establish a new life and has also dashed all their hopes of a, of a quick return. Their lives have turned completely upside down. And God is telling them in the midst of all of this to build houses and, and have babies? How crazy does that sound? But see, that's exactly what God told them. That's exactly what God said. He's saying, you know what, you're here, you might as well continue living. Because that's what I want you to do. It's almost as if God is saying, I know you don't like this situation, but you do have to accept it. So the way you serve me is to continue doing the best you can to live, to be prosperous. Keep on keeping on. But God also tells them something else. And again, after he's said, build homes and multiply and you're going to be here for 70 years, God also promises them something else. God promises that he is with them every step of the way. 
even in the midst of their trials, even in the midst of their sorrow and their sadness, God promises that he is with them and he is not going to leave them. He promises that deliverance is coming. God says this all just has to play out. What they were wanting is God to just wave his hand and make all of this go away as if it had never happened. But now how many of us, and granted it does happen occasionally, but for the most part, how many of us have seen that kind of thing play out? A quick end to whatever bad thing is going on. It doesn't happen very often. And what God is telling them here is that I know you want this to end quickly, but that's just not what's going to happen here. This has to play out. This has to unfold. And so God is saying, I know this is terrible but I am with you and I will deliver your children and your grandchildren. You uh, honestly may not see home again, but they will. So do this for them and do this for me. God promises that if they just press on, that their people will be delivered. And as they say, the rest is history. God's promises are a sure thing, y'all. God always keeps his word. God delivered him, and my friends, I'm here to tell you today, God will deliver us. God will deliver you from whatever it is you're facing, whatever your exile looks like. God is going to deliver you. And what God is telling you today is that his plan for your life is to live on. Keep going. Keep building your houses. Keep raising your crops. Keep finding joy. Because God is with you, he loves you, and he is going to deliver you. His plan is not to just sit around and wait. His plan is to live. Because he does have a great plan for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. But we also must press on. So in fact, when Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about the great plans that God has for us, that's what he means. That is his will. It's for us to look after the welfare of others, of our cities and our towns and our counties, our countries. To thrive and to live. And to even do it with joy. My friends, that is God's plan for all of us. Because we simply have to live while we're alive. We have to press on. We have to continue to eat and drink. We have to continue to plant and build and harvest. And yes, my friends, we even have to dance when it's raining. You might think you're going to look like a fool if you go outside and start dancing in the rain. Well, you know what? Somebody might think you're a fool, but you are just that much joyous for God. And believe me, he will find pleasure in that. By the way, don't actually go out and dance in the literal rain if you don't want to. But you should at least dance in the proverbial rain. The rain of life's trials. Continue to find joy. Because that, my friends, is God's plan for us. It's God's plan for the church. And I know that we as a congregation, we're trying to find our way. 
We're trying to find to discern the path for our future, how to best serve God and serve our neighborhood. And we've made a lot of great steps, a lot of great strides in that effort. You might have read in your bulletin we did our first food distribution for Wesley House. And while we might have only helped three families, that might not seem like a lot. But to those three families, that was a major blessing. All three of those families had just recently encountered unemployment. And they needed some help. And we were the ones who were able to be the hands and feet of God to give it to them. And we do that, yes, even when we have some struggles. Because that is God's plan for us. So my encouragement to us as a church is to keep on keeping on. Keep on serving God. Keep on meeting those needs. Keep on letting people know that we love them and Jesus loves them. As we wait for guidance, so also we must continue to live. Because again, that is God's plan for us. So when you find yourself in the midst of a storm, dance in the rain. As a church... We are to serve and we are to love as we continue to discern our future. And just like the man in Tim McGraw's song, the friend who was dying of a disease, let's not wait until we are dying to live like we are dying. One of my favorite movies, and I know I've talked about it before, is The Shawshank Redemption. And as Andy Dufresne said, Our choices in life are ultimately to get busy living or get busy dying. Well, I've got some living left to do. How about you? Because, my friends, that is God's plan for us. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for this day. God, we are grateful for your perfect plan for us which is to bring you glory by continuing to harvest, to build, to plant, and even to multiply in the midst of life's storms. So God, give us the strength to press on, trusting you to deliver us. In Jesus' name, amen.